0: Hey, everyone, welcome back to the Spirit of Prophecy podcast, another Saturday episode. And today we are going to go and back and watch a discussion I did, I believe, back in April with Brother Paul Wittenberger about the assault at the Al-Aqsa Mosque. And um, in that particular video, we talk a lot about the Israeli and Palestinian conflict. And I wanted to play that one today just because uh, this morning I woke up. And it's big news. The Israelis and Palestinians are fighting again. And uh, I do want to just take a few minutes though, to just kind of explain what's going on. i've I've really been studying the Israeli-Palestinian conflict here for uh, the last year. I do find it fascinating. And let me tell you, just give you my thoughts about what's going on because whenever there's any type of news in Israel, the prophecy people always go crazy. And then you just have ignorant Christians that don't know what's going on, but they want to say something because it's an emotional situation. And they start with, I stand with Israel, foolishness. And we'll have to hear that uh, for the next few days. And um, hopefully this is a situation that will just calm down. And we'll just continue the status quo, uh, which I I will describe a little bit uh, in the next video that you're about to watch. But here's what's going on right now. Netanyahu keeps saying, We are at war. He keeps saying that. The news reports I've been listening to keep showing how Netanyahu said, We are at war. This is the way, this is how it goes whenever anything happens in Israel. And that is the Israelis, they want to drive the Palestinians out of the land. They have the power to do so, assuming other nations don't intervene. So what they. Israelis need they need the world on their side they need people supporting them and not getting in the way of them doing whatever they want to do with the Palestinians Uh, you know the problem is though Israel's surrounded by Muslim countries that are going to be sympathetic to the Palestinians and so that's why you know they're uh, they're always trying to get these different allies and that's why they use countries like America they do not care about America, except for the fact we have a lot of clout, we have a lot of power, and we support them. We give them money, but also we stand them militarily and everything. And so so, sometimes, okay, when when a nation wants to go to war, they need conflict. They need terroristic activities to take place. And I'm not saying Israel uh, did this. I'm sure it was probably Palestinians. I mean, the Palestinians are uh, very oppressed over there. It is a very difficult living situation that most people do not understand what they deal with, especially in that Gaza Strip area. It is It is a very difficult situation, and yes, they do have a lot of hostility towards Israel for a lot of reasons. And so uh, I'm sure you know uh, they occasionally do stuff like this, and they would probably do more if they had the power to do more. But whenever these things happen, what Israel wants to happen is for the world to be outraged and to stand with them as they retaliate. But what's we're already seeing in the news, I was listening to one report, they were announcing what the different leaders of different countries are saying, and it's the classic, we got to find a diplomatic solution. The violence must stop on both sides. That's what what everybody keeps saying. And so Israel, they're going to check. You know, and the, in their mind, hopefully, this will outrage enough of the world. Will it will justify, you know, a more extreme response? But if not, you know, they'll do some stuff. That they will push things as much as they can without igniting a world war, and you know, they'll they'll gain a little more ground in that area, and then we'll go back to status quo. But either way the one thing we do need to watch out for right now is with things being messed up in the United States economy and the economy in a lot of other parts of the world and something that most of us do not understand, including myself when it comes to the global stage, when it comes to the global economy is sometimes nations need war for their benefit. And um, when nations need a war, typically magically whatever needs to happen to get the will of the people behind that war those things typically happen like some kind of terrorist activities like 9/11 you know like the sinking of the Lusitania like Pearl Harbor things like that those things all magically are there when they are needed and so i don't think this is a big enough event that most of the world is going to get behind it. But, you know, it could escalate. It could escalate to something big enough that the world will get behind it. So I personally think it will calm down. I don't see this, but this is real early. It's only 730 in the morning uh, here in the United States. But, um, you know, if if it does escalate, you know, all these things happen. But I think it'll be everybody will call for peace, you know, diplomacy, all that kind of stuff, and is going to be like, ah, oh, man. All right, we we can't yet, but uh, in the meantime, it's like, what can we do? Well, there's not much we can do, but here's one thing you can do: don't support Israel. Don't stand with Israel in these things. You say that's stand with the Palestinians? No, it's not. Our country is not with the Palestinians. Uh, you know, even the Democrats, they're probably more on the side of Israel. A lot of them just. Side with the Palestinians just because they're just whatever the Republicans are are against or for, and and either way, it is a complicated situation over there. It's none of our country's business, and uh, and so we ought to stay out of it and not get involved in real estate disputes in the Middle East. But anyway, I just wanted to give my two cents on that while uh, things are getting emotional over there, and I hope you all will enjoy this video from back in April, and it will help you understand. A little bit more about what's going on over in the Holy Land. Or as I like to call it, Sodom and Egypt. So, thank you for watching. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining me for my weekly live stream. Today, I am uh, taking a break from the normal subjects that we do on Tuesday afternoons. Normally, I do different conversations kind of geared towards men. But I wanted to do a live stream on this subject. I've been wanting to talk about this for a while, and that is just specifically uh, things about the Temple Mount, the political situation there, uh, understanding the old city and how it's all divided up. A lot of this stuff is probably going to be new to a lot of you. Some of you, this might not be the most fascinating topic to you, but it's something that interests me greatly, especially after my last trip to Israel. And I've been doing a lot of research on this subject, uh, looking at a lot of history. And uh, just last week, I saw in the news that there was an uh, a- assault on the at the Al-Aqsa Mosque uh, by the Israeli army. And what was interesting when I watched the news story about that, I actually understood why it was such a big deal, because I had been reading a lot of things on this, just trying to wrap my mind around it. Who actually owns the Temple Mount? And uh, that's a question I've been asking. And I've looked up a lot of different things on it. And most of the stuff that I was reading wasn't making a whole lot of sense. I finally came across a couple of videos and some articles where it made sense. And I like the way one of the videos started. It's like, if you want to know who owns the Temple Mount, he's like, well, it's complicated. It's complicated. And it is complicated, but when you understand what's going on, uh, if if you are, if you are interested in all things Israel, if you're interested in things concerning the end times, you can't help but be just a little fascinated with this subject. And uh, and so I wanted to talk about this subject because it's something I'm very interested in, something I still have a lot to learn uh, when it comes to this. I'd love to talk to some people on it if they feel like they uh, know this situation real well. Uh, I'd love to learn more, but I asked Brother Paul Wittenberger to join me today because uh, he also is someone who is interested in the subject. He spent uh, about 40 days in Israel just last year filming the new documentary. So he's seen a lot, and and I know he's also done a documentary called Beyond Jordan, where he talked a lot about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, things that are going on over there. And it is, it is a tricky, confusing situation. And when it comes down to it, when we're trying to understand everything, you've got to understand that this is what people got to get a hold of is in America, it's kind of our culture where we are about the facts. We want to know the facts. We want to know reality. That's kind of how we are over there. That is not how they operate. It is about tradition. It is about what we believe. It is about you know, how we feel about these things. And uh, when you have a group, uh, a, a nation that is made up of Israelis and Palestinians who have very different views, they have very different history. They interpret the facts very differently. And not only that, but you also have a lot of Christian groups. And, and I use that when I say that term Christian, I'm not saying saved Groups, but that's what they call themselves. And I've been corrected by about 100,000 people on this, but understand uh, that's how they see themselves. And so what we have is really three different groups with three different traditions, three different histories, three different belief systems, all giving the facts as they see them. And then we're over here in America trying to figure out what's actually what. And I think the key to finding out what's what um, you do have to understand uh, where these people are coming from. And then I think it becomes very clear. So I'm going to go ahead and have, uh, you know, but it is good to have Brother Paul on here. And so, you know, Brother Paul, uh, you know, what are your thoughts? Do you think you've got it all figured out yet? I mean, you've spent a lot of time in Israel. You
1: did a documentary Beyond Jordan. You know, would you agree it's a complicated situation over there? Yeah, I think uh, that's putting it very mildly that it's complicated because, you um... All we really know here in America is through the eyes of Zionism and through the Jewish media, we don't really get to see uh, the, the the Palestinian side of it. And so, you know, when I went over to Palestine and Jordan and uh, to the West Bank, I, I didn't know kind of how bad it was. I've heard of the stories um, but I never really understood it completely. And I still don't understand it because it's a very complicated issue, but there is a real conflict over there. And it's very, very sad. It is. And, uh, and what it comes down to,
0: it's hard to know who the players are in this thing too. And that's one thing that I haven't got my mind completely wrapped around as far as like, all right, you know, who's the ones that are actually pushing the buttons on these things, because it's not even just about the Israeli government, but it is about the world government too. They are very involved in what's going on. And you know, the more I look into this thing too, um, we've been hearing for a long time about how Israel was rebirthed in 1948. And the more I look into this and the more I understand about the political situation. The more I would, I'm I'm leaning towards just the idea that no, it actually hasn't clearly been established yet. In fact, um, it ha- you know, in our reality, in our Zionist Jewish media-controlled world, Israel came back to life in 1948. But what people don't realize is there are many countries that do not recognize that fact that did not go that not did not vote in favor of the UN resolution when they established it as a nation or not even a nation, but a state, uh, you know, a two, uh, a two state system that they had. There were several countries that didn't vote on it. And even the nations, some of the nations that did vote on it, it was one of those things where people talk about how it was a miracle because it was like, you know, these people uh, were so against Israel and, you know, what made them do this. And there's been a lot of deception when it comes to, All things Israel, there's and uh, people. A lot of the people when they originally voted in favor of it, they had the wrong idea of what it was going to cause, what was going to happen, and so a lot of them, if they if they could have done it again, not even a year later, maybe even a week later, they probably would have voted different. And so, um, what, what? So what you have to understand when you're talking about Israel in america amongst christians especially it is the nation from the old testament you know from the bible that has come back to their land it was the budding of the fig tree 1948 was israel's rebirth we're in ezekiel 37 you know the, the you know they've the bodies come back t- together but there's no breath of life in it yet cuz they haven't been saved yet but no i don't think that's the case with any of it and it's just kind of my opinion. Uh, I do believe it will come back. I do believe that nation will come back, but I will. I believe it will be uh, with the rise of the Antichrist. And so um, that's your reality, you know, as an American Zionist who considers, your, probably calls yourself Judeo-Christian, um, you know, who watches a lot of Jewish news media, but that is not what they think. In other parts of the world. And, you know, and tell everybody a little bit about your Beyond Jordan documentary and kind of the concept behind it, just showing
1: what it was like, what it's like over there for the Palestinians. Well, we wanted to make a film called Beyond Jordan that shows all the biblical sites that are not in Israel. So we basically went to Jordan, we went to Palestine, and we toured all the biblical sites that are mentioned in the Bible. And uh, show that there is biblical sites today that, are, that, are, that exist that are not in Israel because we wanted to show people that you can view these sites without um, going to Israel and supporting Israel for those of you that don't want to support Israel. And, you know, for those that are maybe scared to visit these other countries, because a lot the tourists, the tour groups, they don't go to these other countries. They don't go into the West Bank um, to visit a lot of these sites because of the fear that has been um, propagated on on them. And so, yeah, so our Beyond Jordan film was to show the 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 conflict. So we also get into the the conflict and the borders and and how uh, the road systems are set up and how they're they're being slowly you know taken out of their their land that they've had for generations and so I I think it is an amazing film and very eye opening I I watched it not too long ago and I think it still holds up very well today um, one of the things in it that i never got to do on that film was it was visit the waldorf hotel and that is a hotel that's in israel well it's it's in yeah it's in israel but it it's right on the it's in palestine sorry it's right on the border between israel and palestine it's right next to the wall um that separates the two and in that museum they have basically the history of the whole conflict in that museum and they have uh, a video showing the 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 travesty of that, and they also have a video showing the history of it. And that that museum really brought tears to my eyes, just going through all the different um, elements of the museum and seeing uh, the the true history of of that the new state of Israel. And uh, it was really really interesting to view that, but. That being said, it's still a very complicated issue, and I don't even fully understand how the borders, and I don't even think a lot of the people over there even understand it. They just know that they can't enter in certain places because there's checkpoints, There's uh, it's all blocked off, and they can't even access a lot of the, the sites mm. and um, city, yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's what people need to get a hold of too is, you know, while everybody has opinions about it. And honestly, I'm not even really here today to give my opinion on who the land belongs to, who's in the right or who's in the wrong. I, I'm just hoping in this video to kind of show the different perspectives that are out there because that's why there's a conflict. And even though, I mean, you might, your Bible interpretation, leads you to believe that the land belongs to the Jews because they're God's chosen people and descendants of Isaac. Um, you know, that that's fine, but just understand there's a whole bunch of Palestinians over there who do not agree with you at all, who have been in that land for a very long time and are being slowly choked out of that. Land. And, and they've got a problem with it. And, and so, um, I'm not telling you, you have to feel sorry for them, but at the same time, just understand they don't agree. They see that they see that land in certain areas as belonging to them and they're not going to go anywhere without a fight. But there's even Christian groups over there that kind of claim ownership of that land. And so uh, what I want to do right now, I want to start showing some videos. Um, It was, this wasn't really in our news that much, but, um, I do want to show, yeah, I, I, want, I, want to, I want to play some videos of the different, um, or uh, I guess I should say, the uh, storming of the Al-Aqsa compound. In fact, before we do that, uh, let me just go ahead and read uh, this article for you. This, and this is Israel's perspective here. I'm going, to, I'm going to give you both perspectives, but here's Israel's perspective. Um, this was on timesofisrael.com. But it says police said they entered it, entered the mosque, talking about the Al-Aqsa Mosque after masked youths barricaded themselves inside the mosque, atop the Temple Mount with fireworks, clubs and rocks, and refused to come out peaceably. Cops apparently believed the group intended to assault Jews visiting the Mount on Passover Eve. And so right now, what uh, there are last week and uh, they were in their uh, holy month Ramadan, which is like the most holy month. For the Muslims, but this year too, you have Ramadan and you have Passover and you have Easter. They're all kind of at the same time. So all the different, the three Abrahamic religious groups, as they call them, are all uh, meeting together. You know, are drawn to the those same places. And so um, the Israeli police they got really upset when the Muslims stayed in the Al-Aqsa Mosque past the time that they were supposed to because they were afraid they were going to assault Jews and there was going to be a bunch of Jews going up on the Temple Mount because of the Passover. And it's important that you understand uh, the political situation of the Temple Mount because that's really complicated too. But um, they knew this was going to be a rough week because this is like Holy Week for the three different groups. And so uh, the police said they tried to convince the rioters inside the mosque to leave but the group failed to comply, leaving security forces no option but to enter the mosque where they were attacked with rocks and fireworks. Israel is committed to preserving freedom of worship, free access for all religions, and the status quo on the Temple Mount and will not allow violent extremists to change this, Netanyahu wrote. Police added 350 suspects were detained and that the rioters caused damage to the mosque and desecrated it. And the Arab League Security General Ahmad Abdul Gait described Israel's actions as irresponsible, adding that the behavior affects the religious feelings of millions of Muslims around the world, especially during Ramadan. The Islamic Holy Month of Ramadan, which this year once again coincides with the Jewish festival of Passover, is known to be a period of higher tension between Israeli forces and Palestinians. And so we'll stop reading right there. But let's go ahead and show a few videos. And so understand the Al-Aqsa Mosque is the third most holy site in all of uh, Islam. You've got Mecca that's the most holy and then Medina. And then the Al-Aqsa Mosque, which is on what they would call the Al-Aqsa compound, which is where you see the Dome of the Rock. The Dome of the Rock is not not the Al-Aqsa Mosque. It's off way off to the left in the corner, but it's on what the Jews call the Temple Mount complex, or as and Christians typically call it that too. But the Muslims call that entire complex uh, Aqsa. Okay. Now, I personally call it all the ancient Roman fortress Antonia, but we're going to leave my opinion uh, out of this. So the Israeli police raiding. The Al Aqsa Mosque, like that, is a huge, huge insult um, to the Islamic people. And so let's go ahead and play a couple clips of this.
1: No! Ah! يا <Sessizlik>
0: Had, had you seen any of that stuff in the news brother paul
1: no i didn't this is the first time watching it wow yeah it's, a, it's amazing how stuff can happen like that that is so amazing and then we never hear about it over here that i just know. shows you the disconnect i heard a quick reference to it on the radio and that got me to
0: to look it up and i'm just like i couldn't believe it wasn't in the news more but this is a really big, uh, it is a really big thing. Um, I've got this one picture on here. Uh, you can see of, um, I mean, look at all of them. I mean, this is one of their most holy places. And look at all of them laying down face first, hog tied like that. I mean, just, and just imagine how we as Christians would feel if we saw pictures like that of people gathering for worship like during COVID. If pictures like that would have got out of us laying on the ground, being arrested, I mean obviously we would be people would be very offended by that and again I'm not I'm not giving an opinion here I'm giving perspective and so from the muslim perspective the israelis invaded their holy site and assaulted a bunch of muslims and arrested there was four I believe 400 they arrested I think there was 20 some that were injured Uh, There were stories, too, about how the Israeli military was blocking the ambulances. Uh, In fact, I saw one video. In fact, it was right outside, I forgot which gate it was, where uh, you you had parked that one time when we were taking a bunch of equipment in, and then you left me. It was in in that gate.
1: Right, I know what Uh, you're talking about, yeah.
0: And, um, yeah, they weren't letting them get in there. Uh, You can see all that damage that was done, and they blame the Israeli armies for that, okay? Now— the Israeli perspective of that, so and, and here's where it starts getting complicated. Because who actually owns the Temple Mount? That's what, I think that's what everybody's trying to figure out and what, what people often don't understand. And I'm going to have a, a graphic come up here and I want to show everybody something. I think a lot of Christians don't realize this, but check this out. So this is like a map of the old city. Jerusalem. And you'll notice there in the top right, you've got that Muslim quarter that's the biggest in brown there. And then you've got the Dome of the Rock, Al Aqsa Mosque section there in kind of a yellow. And then you've got the Jewish quarter in the blue. But then also there is an Armenian uh, quarter that's there in purple. And then above that is the Christian quarters. And again, I've been corrected by about 6,000 people when I talked about how the uh, Christian quarter was the most idolatrous part of Old City Jerusalem, those are Catholics, they aren't Christians. And it's like, I get that, but that is known as the Christian quarter. And that's where you have like the Church of the Holy Sepulcher. You've got, um, uh, you know, the Via Dolorosa. A lot of the Christian holy sites are all in that section. And so um, when it comes to, how that's all divided up, okay? You know, how long has it been that way? You know, who decided that it was that way? And that's what I was trying to figure out and I didn't understand is, you know, who does do these areas actually belong to? And it wasn't uh, uh, after World War I, uh, the Ottoman Empire were the ones that had kind of controlled Israel and the Temple Mount and all that area. But then the British actually took it over after World War One, and they kind of had control of that area and were in charge. But then, uh, after after um, World War Two, you know, you had or in, earlier in the 1900s, you had the Balfour Declaration. We started seeing the Zionist movement really get started in, eight, in the late 1800s, and then eventually, um, during 1948, when Israel became a nation, uh, that caused a war. And then the Jordanians, they were actually the ones that kind of ended up taking control of the Temple Mount area. The Jews were not even allowed to go to like the Wailing Wall. They were kind of barred from the city. But then in 1967, you had the Six-Day War. that A lot of people are familiar with the Six-Day War. And in the Six-Day War, it was actually the Israelis who ended up taking over the entire old city. And they actually... Ended up taking over the the Temple Mount. There's a famous line in Hebrew where where, uh, they announced the Temple Mount is in our hands. And people just went nuts. The Jewish community went nuts when they got a hold of that. They were so excited. They finally got their land. Well, even though Israelis got control of it, there was a ton of pressure from the global community because um, this was going to greatly outrage the Islamic world. And so they were kind of forced or pressured into um, giving the Temple Mount back or control of the Temple Mount back to the Muslims. And then that's when they ended up kind of getting a hold of the Wailing Wall. A lot of what you see there in Old City of Jerusalem, it's stuff that's been rebuilt, repaired um, since the Six-Day War. And, uh, and so what we have now and what we've had going on since 1967 you know, is what they refer to as the kind of is the status quo. It's like the situation as is. It's never clearly been established. There's not like some official decree or something out there showing that you know the like what all the rules are exactly. But what what we have is the Jews. They technically see themselves as you know their um, owner of the Temple Mount. And the way the Muslims put it, and they don't like this, and they don't agree with it. But they one of the things they don't like about the Israelis is the Israelis see themselves as their landlords, and they they find that offensive, because they're like, no, this land belongs to us. And so, but the Israelis are like, no, actually it belongs to us, and we will let you all worship up there, but there are certain rules. There are certain times of day when visitors are supposed to be allowed to come up there and Jews are allowed to go up there. It's just no, but no one's allowed to pray. That's not a Muslim. You're not allowed to wear religious symbols. You know, you got to be dressed a certain way if you're going to go up there. And then what they have is the Jordanians, they are considered like the custodians of the Temple Mount. And they actually hire out the Islamic waqf to police things up there. But the Israelis, they also claim the right to send their police up there if they need to. So what the reason this was so offensive, what happened, is the a bunch of radical Muslims did go into the Al-Aqsa Mosque and they did end up barricading themselves in there. They took a bunch of fireworks and rocks and things that they were going to use to fight off the Uh, Israeli army but they decided they were going to stay in there all night because of Ramadan and uh, so technically the Islamic police should have taken care of it but the Israelis are like nope we're taking care of it so they came in and then they busted the door down Uh, the Muslims tried fighting them off the best they could the Israelis were shooting them with rubber bullets beating the tar out of them with batons and stuff And ended up doing a lot of damage, a lot of people got hurt, and a bunch of people were arrested as a result of it. So the thing is, that was, while the Muslims were breaking the rules, you know, the Israelis feel like, well, they broke the rules, we're able to come in. But the problem is, the Muslims don't really agree that the Israelis have the right to come in there. But they did it. And it makes everybody mad. So it's kind of like what we had going on in 2020. You know, does the government have the right to tell a church that they can't, you know, that they can't meet together? And you know, and so you did. You had churches that are like, the government doesn't have a right to tell us what to do. We're gonna do what we do. But then you had certain places where like, no, we do have the right to come in there, and they were doing stuff to these churches, and it was it was very offensive, and it created a lot of legal problems. But at the end of the day. You know, we have a pretty good system to a certain extent here where things will go through the courts and, uh, you know, the government lost in most cases where things were battled. The problem is in Israel, you know, there aren't clear rules and there's kind of understandings. There's the status quo. And when Israel ends up breaking the rules in the Muslims' eyes, there's really nobody to enforce anything on them. And so what we're seeing go on is we've got two completely different belief systems living amongst each other and then what you do what you have is you have um the the Israelis constantly doing things to provoke the Muslims constantly doing things to just kind of demoralize them to upset them and then when the Muslims do something what are they, you know what are these the world community to do oh man we got to do something about them muslims but uh at the same time you know they're kind of pushing them and so uh and, and you know brother paul in your documentary you guys you know you you showed a lot of what they're putting these people through but it's like who's going to enforce things and in reality it's like israel they'll do just enough unless it's going to cause like other countries to get involved and and they know they can't push things too far and one of the reasons they're able to do as much as they do is because they have the support of the united states you know we're always supporting them but there are uh there's even pressures in our country because you know when things go crazy in the islamic world it affects oil prices it affects things in other countries so uh, does this make sense what i'm explaining to you do you have have any questions about that because
1: no it makes total sense and you know that the alaska mosque is really a microcosm of that whole area mm-hmm. um the the west bank it's it's all owned and controlled by israel it, they are the landlord of the entire piece it seems like and they really dictate everything even like in bethlehem they uh they they don't give them funding they they penalize them they're not allowed to take care of their own streets that's why a lot of the the uh pollu- the um polluting and stuff happens because they don't even have like uh trash pickups and stuff like that there's a lot of things that that is is like that and i i think that is a perfect ex- uh, microcosm of that that whole area and landlord is the perfect description
0: yeah it is and they are and there it, it's it's clearly a slow process to just demoralize these people and and again and and it's like they know if we do anything you know for one they don't have a lot of power cuz the you know israelis have all the weapons they've got all the guns I mean we saw that when we were over there i mean israeli citizens can carry assault rifles pretty much wherever they go but the palestinians can't and right. so the thing is if they decide they're going to fight it's going to be a bloodbath And the only way they're going to win is if they get help from the other Muslim countries. But then if that happens, you're going to have America get involved. You're going to have a lot of other countries all get involved. And it really is going to be a huge thing. And so it's just like um, over time, Israel is just slowly, they're, they're slowly winning these things.
1: They're Man. taking over more and more step by step. They're tra- they're taking over more land and they do it in a way that's very subtle. Like, for instance, we visited, um, I, I, I messed up my rental car a little bit and we had to take it into a shop. And the guy was saying the, um, that the, the place there in, in Jerusalem, he was saying how he cannot add on anything to his shop. He can't add on another room. He can't even fix it, fix it up without a permit and uh he definitely can't live there on his own property he can't live in the place at all he says no permits are, are you can you can apply for a permit but they will never approve you unless you're an israeli citizen and uh so that's what they're doing they're slowly buying out all the land uh, you know piece by piece and 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 getting people into littler and tighter sections of the of the west bank it's very sad. And, and they've been doing that, too, since the late 1800s. That was
0: when they really started uh, trying to get over there was when, you know, the during the Ottoman Empire, you know, they were having a lot of problems in different parts of the world. they were trying to get run out. And so that's when the kind of the Zionist movement got started. A lot of them started going in there. They started buying land and they were buying land that was, um, I mean, really crummy land. But they had the technology and things, and that where they started irrigating it and actually making the land valuable, and um, so the Muslims were selling them all this land real cheap, and then they would kind of make it valuable. It's kind of the whole, you know, give a Jew a hubcap and I'll have a car dealer within six months, yeah. you know. And and you know they are have always been very resourceful in that area, and so it got to the point where there were so many of them coming in and they were kind of becoming so powerful that a lot of Muslims kind of started throwing a fit. And then when England took over, they started doing things to kind of limit Jews from coming in to the land to just to kind of keep the peace with the Palestinians. And that's the thing, you know, everybody who's ever had control of that land, it's always just been a big battle to just keep things calm. And what, what nobody talks about, it's always about the Jews and the Muslims, but there's, there's a Christian element to it over there too, where you do, you have the Christian quarters, you have the Armenian quarters, uh, which in Armenian, they claim to be the first church, uh, you know, that goes all the way back to St. James. Uh, and they're very much like the Orthodox and very, or Catholic. It's, uh, I, I don't even know for sure, like what their specific beliefs are, but the country Armenia was supposed to be like one of the first countries that converted to Christianity and they claim to have had this area over there going all the way back to uh, the first century. In reality, it was probably the fourth century, but um, again, don't question their beliefs. Don't question their traditions, you know, even if the facts aren't on their side, but um, after the six day war, I mean, the Israelis took control of the Christian sections, too. They actually took over the Church of the Holy Sepulcher, which that has been a major site for for the Christian world since, you know, Constantine got a hold of it in the 4th century. And they decided that that was where Jesus died and was buried and rose again. And, uh, you know, and I that's another story for another day. I, I might do a—I want to do a video one of these days just about the— history of the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, because it is interesting. But, um, the, uh, oh, but yeah, so after that whole thing happened where they took the old city, that was one of the things they had to do too. They had to give back the keys of the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, you know, to the, uh, churches that were, that occupy it. And so basically what we see there today is you have, You know, nobody's happy with their current situation, but nobody's shooting at each other right now. So it's one of those things where, you know, things will be peaceful, but typically every once in a while something happens and gets everybody fired up. And so, um, you know, the Jews, they see the Temple Mount as theirs. They want it, uh, but they're not taking it over right now. So, you know, Muslims would be quiet. And there's been a lot of stories, too, in the news where different uh, Israeli uh, dignitaries and stuff have gone on to the Temple Mount. And any time they do that, that is kind of seen as Israel making a claim to that area, which always infuriates the the Muslims. And so um, that's why, too, it was, it was a big deal um, a few years ago when Trump declared Jerusalem the capital of Israel. That was a nation, again, showing we stand with the Jews. We're on, you know, we side with their facts. We side with their tradition and with their history. And, um, and you know, and, and so the Muslims, you know, they throw a big fit over that. But the, but the truth is, you know, we're saying that, but that doesn't make it reality. And, and what Israel actually is it's an occupy. It's an occupation. It would be like if the Chinese came to America and their military started getting control of certain things. You know, now most Americans would probably just roll over and say, well, I guess we're China now. But there'd be a lot of people who'd be like, no, this is America. And while China would be like enforcing some of their rules and their laws, we'd have a lot of people in our country saying, no, it's the Constitution. That's the law of the land. And, you know, and and some of us, we would do stuff uh, against the Chinese rules. We'd be called terrorists uh, as a result of that. Uh, But at the same time, what we would have, we'd have two different major belief system in this, you know, in this area. And at the end of the day, who's right? I, I guess whoever's in charge, whoever's the strongest. So, that's what's going on in Israel today and 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 this is another reason I want to have you on here too. But this is why I think this documentary, this temple documentary coming out is really important. But that is because um imagine what would happen if the Jews admitted that the temple was never on the Al-Aqsa compound. You know, if if they did that, then what that would make the, all of the Muslims say, and a lot of the world would agree, then that would make them say, well, then you don't need this. This is ours. You know, yeah. leave us alone. You shouldn't have any say about what goes on up here. And he said all they wanted to do, you know, last week was they just wanted to stay all night in there. You know, they wanted to go past hours because it was the you know, a holy month of Ramadan. But Israelis is like, no. And so um, when you when you realize that the Temple Mount, the quote-unquote Temple Mount is not the real place, then that's just when you're like, yeah, you know what? All of this battle we're fighting, it's not based on facts. This is a religious war. This is a war of traditions. And uh, it really is a lot of foolishness. And it's pretty sad how much American Christians get caught up in it so right
1: but yeah and they're they're slowly taking over that whole chunk right by the temple mount area they're they're getting more and more real estate every year um when we when we were there in december a very very interesting thing happened to us when we were walking through trying to go to the wet tunnels um my my dad and i were going to go through the wet tunnels we went to go buy a ticket at the city of david area and they said um oh the the wet tunnels are closed today and we are like oh okay um are they going to be open tomorrow and they're like well we're, we're not sure if they're going to be open tomorrow they're they're not open uh right now so anyways we left and we tried to leave and all the roads were blocked off and we're like what in the world is going on and then we ended up going up to the Temple Mount complex, coming back later, trying to uh, do that wet tunnel later on in the day because they said it might possibly be open later on in the day. So we came back, and they were like, um, no, actually, you we it's going to be closed for a while because of the tensions, the conflicts that are happening right now in the city of David because of, uh, of a, a land dispute. And so what happened was the Baron Rothschild ended up buying a lot of the city of David, which is right off of the the Temple Mount complex. Um, back in the day, he bought a lot of the land up, which he donated to Israel when he died. Um, but there's still chunks that he was never able to acquire. So parts of near the city of David were owned by um, the Muslims still. Uh, and so, uh, what just happened that day I was there was, um, the courts, uh, um, the city of David bought actually a piece of real estate right next to, um, right next to them to excavate the pool of Siloam. It's that whole area, half of the pool of Siloam is owned by Israel and the other half is totally not excavated at all. It's owned by the the Muslims, and so the it was a historic moment that day that they the courts ruled that it is now Israel's. So they bought that up, and the guy was saying in his uh, court he was saying that the he was pressured into signing these papers. And he thought that they were gonna they were gonna kill him. That's mm-hmm. what the that's what the city of David person said that they they were forced into signing over the paperwork because they were scared for their life, and that they were trying to fight it and say like they didn't they didn't want to sign sell this land, um, but they were they were pressuring them so much and so hard that they felt like they had they had no other choice but to sell. And so the courts ruled that is now not their land so that day i guess they were um they were they went into all the houses rounded up everyone and forced them out of that Mm. that area and so now israel owns all that pool of siloam they own all of that the whole city of david area so now they're able to excavate the rest of that pool of siloam which they said will be done next year which is very interesting
0: yeah well, and, and that's the thing too. In these courts, you know, they're Israeli courts, and Israel keeps winning against the Palestinians and all these court cases. And so it is, it's just one more thing to demoralize the Palestinians. And, you know, eventually it's all going to, you know, eat, either blow up and, and again, and what they'll do, they'll, you know, it's kind of like what they're doing in America today. You know, they're doing everything they can to demoralize conservatives. They're trying to get somebody on the right to go shoot up a place, do some kind of domestic terror attack. That way they can say, see, we've got to stop these Christians. we got to stop these, you know, right-wingers, you know, so we can take their guns. And that's what they're doing over in Israel today. They're trying to get these people to do something violent so they can have an excuse to just go and kind of t- you know take everything. And it's right. just like, you know, you can only put up with so much. And you know, how much are these people going to put up with? You know, in America, I think we would be smart to kind of pay attention to what's going on over there because you know, we don't want them trying to provoke us to do something violent, you know? And you know, we don't want to you know, we don't want to live in a nation like that. But that's exactly how it is over there. And so it would, it would just be, uh, that's why they will never admit that the city of David is where the temple mount was. They'll, there's no way they're going to admit it. There's been too much that's happened. There's been too much bloodshed. And so, you know, they'll, they'll never do it at the end of the day. This is about control. It's about getting power in their mind. It all belongs to them but what they they've got to do they've got to get the world you know on their side with these things and you know what you know these Zionist Christians out there you know promoting all the Zionist foolishness is not really helping the situation right and um and it is it's really frustrating to listen to that and it's like well you're siding with the Palestinians i i just think america ought to stay out of it Because I think it's just, uh, I think it's, you know, both groups are wicked. And at the end of the day, when I do think when Israel fully, you know, gets everything, it's going to be, you know, when the Antichrist comes into power. And I don't think we ought to support Antichrist coming into power.
1: Well, it's hard to feel bad for I mean, it's, it's, you feel bad for these people because they're, they're, they're making it so hard for them to live in their own land they're making it impossible to park they're making it impossible to do anything uh to expand their business to make money to to grow and then they then they come in and offer them millions and millions of dollars for this tiny little piece of land and they're like oh if i you know if i if i sell it then you know i could live the rest of my life and be totally set mm-hmm. Um, so you know you feel bad, but and you and you see why they're they're able to take over, but there's still a lot of people holding out and saying that they're not going to sell. Right. Yeah.
0: And you know it is interesting because you know I'm not you know I'm not from the Islamic world, but you know I did notice when I was over there, it it does seem that a lot of your uh, Palestinians are becoming very secular in a lot of ways. And I do think that's part of what they need to do. Um, you know, if you can get these people not caring about their religion enough, well, then money could get rid of them. You know, difficult times could get them out of their land. And and, and at the end of the day, too, what I wish Christians could get a hold of is the fact that, you know, there is no reason for us to be so connected to a land, you know, and nobody's talking about the fact too. It's like you know, the Muslims they need to give back their land. Well, what about the Christians occupying the old city? The Christians have two quarters, you know, of the right. old city. So why aren't we talking about getting rid of them? And you know what? And 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 trust me, Israel doesn't want them there either. They don't. They don't think they have claim to it either. But the they also know they need the Christian world on their side. So they're not going to alienate the Catholics right now. You know, they're not going to go persecute, you know, the Catholics and the Ar- Armenians and all that right now. No, they're going to take care of the Muslims. And once they take care of the Muslims, you know, then they'll start taking care of the Christians. And, you know, there was a lot of uh, talk too about the, um, a couple of guys, I think on Netanyahu's cabinet who, uh, tried to get a law passed that you couldn't mention the name of Jesus you know, in Jerusalem, kind of during some of their holy times and stuff, which is crazy ridiculous. You know, you have all these Christian sites where people go to see things that involve Jesus, but they weren't allowed to say his name. And, um, and that was a, you know, it was a very minority part of their government. But um, there's a lot of, things are actually not very stable. There's a lot of protests that have been going on. In Tel Aviv right now, because Netanyahu's back in charge, and a lot of people don't like him. So, you know, th- and there's always a lot of stuff going on over there. And I've I've gotten to the point where it's like I don't normally pay a whole lot of attention to it, just because it's like I always feel like it's the prophecy people hyping everything up, which it is a lot of times. But I think one of the reasons a lot of people aren't real interested in it is because they don't understand the situation and i did i i did see i i literally had just watched uh two different videos that it, to me explained the situation where it made a lot of sense cuz when i was trying to understand what was going on um you got it was one of those deals where everybody's trying to present the situation in a way that's not offensive to the jews or the muslims and but again Reality can be offensive to certain groups. It's offensive. That's that's why the city of David can't be, you know, where the temple was. That's offensive. How dare you say that? But it's like, but wait, we're we're Americans. We we supposedly, as a, as a people, like to deal in facts, and you know, and especially as independent fundamental Bible believing Baptists, you know, we believe you know the Word of God is you know as what you know that's that's reality to us but uh tradition is reality in these other other worlds and um on on your documentary too i know you had talked about possibly uh putting traditions in the name somewhere but uh, um do you think you're going to be able to cover a lot of the stuff about just jewish tradition and everything in the documentary
1: yeah, we're definitely gonna talk a lot about tradition and how that plays a big role into why they believe that the Temple Mount is where it is. Um, but yeah, it is gonna be solely based on the movie is gonna be just based on the City of David uh, conf- uh, debate on mm-hmm. where where the Temple is. But uh, it's 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 gonna be an amazing amazing film. I cannot wait till it's done. I've been working hard over here. There's a lot that still needs to be done, but I'm slowly plugging away at it, and uh, every every month, so we get closer. Cool.
0: So, at um, are you going? Are you still considering possibly entering it, and maybe some film festivals, or do you have any plans on kind of how you're gonna uh,
1: get it out there? Uh, yeah, the I Mass I GDC? think. I think that would be an awesome way to do it is to release it to some film festivals. Um, we're also going to be hopefully uh, distributing it through um, Bob Cornuke's uh, company, Coyne House. Um, so, you know, if all goes well, that's going to be uh, distributed through there and uh, we'll hopefully as well release it into some film festivals. Cause it would be awesome to get this into some, um, into some israeli film festivals so i i i have to go i have to figure out ways to do it the problem with doing film festivals is it usually delays the release because Mm -hmm. they don't want a movie to be out there any other way but their film festival so it would delay the release uh substantially so Mm -hmm. um that is something i'm trying to figure out right now of of what i'm gonna do but right now i'm not even worried about any of that i'm just trying to get it done Mm -hmm.
0: yeah and i'm real excited about you know bob cornuke's involvement did
1: you make it out to arizona yet for not yet i he called me yesterday but i was um i was working with our church doing photos for easter stuff and um so I, i didn't answer the phone call but hopefully we'll get that set up soon um, because there's definitely a few pickup shots I wanted to get. Um, but you know, every, I, I can do it without those pickup shots. Totally. Mm-hmm. I, I have everything I need, but, yeah, but it, you know, he, this is just a
0: very interesting topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm you, I'm amazed. Uh, I didn't realize, you know, how interested people were in this subject. You know, I know I I've been interested in it for a long time. It's something that matters mm-hmm. to me, but, um, yeah, there are, there's a lot of people that care about this. There's a lot of people that know, you know, the truth about it. Because the thing, you know, there's there's a lot of videos out there, um, you know, explaining a lot of this stuff. Um, but there's not been anything put together professionally, something that's real well done
1: and and so and with I, the king james that that's yes. my biggest problem is a lot of stuff doesn't use the king james which i i mean i don't know how anyone puts their faith in something that is different it's, right. a, it's that's why i feel like it's so important to get this information out there with the king james bible that's my major push to why i want to do it right
0: yeah and the thing that i'm really anxious to see and i i hope this message is one that comes through clearly on there too. But um, one thing that I've definitely never seen anyone do uh, on this subject is explain why we don't need another temple, or and explain why the temple went away, and, and, and right. that's that's really important to understand because when you understand that, you also understand why I think God made it so we don't know where all these things took place because when when you look at the battle that is being fought over there when i mean i mean think about how much of our world is affected by what takes place in that little hunk of real estate over there when in reality it shouldn't matter you know it it really shouldn't matter god wanted people jesus wanted people that would worship him in spirit and in truth you know he said the day was going to come where they're not going to say you know worship him in this mountain but yet even christians you know are just drawn to these places in ways that are kind of unhealthy so i don't think it's i don't think there's anything wrong with being interested in the place where something happened i, I don't think there's anything wrong with that but it's definitely not something that we should shed blood over it's not something that you should be willing to die for you know, and it's it's definitely not something that you need to have a close relationship with Christ. It really the fact that we can go over to Israel and visit a lot of these locations in reality, it's just it's just kind of a, a blessing and a, a privilege and a neat experience. But at the end of the day, if the Israelis ever fully take over and are just like, you know what? Christians are banned from Israel. You know, and you're gonna to have to renounce Christ to even come over it. It's like, well, I'm just not yeah. going there then because um, I don't, I don't have to go there. I, I like that I can, but whether I do or I don't, you know, I don't need to. I don't need to find Noah's Ark to believe in Noah's Ark, and I don't need to find the tomb, you know, the cross, you know, any of those things in order to believe them and to have the relationship with God. That i need to have and you know those things were those things were temporary and it's supposed to be about the spiritual and so it is it's it's pretty weird that there is a pretty strong christian there there's a christian occupation over there too and the, uh i tell you that that the church of the holy sepulcher i think i think that would be an interesting documentary right there just um You know, the history of that place is, I've looked a lot into that. It's really interesting. I wish I'd have known a lot of the stuff when I was there before. I'd probably have appreciated it more. But then, too, just the way three different churches are kind of occupying that just that one church, you've got three different churches occupying it. And it's one of those things, too, where none of them agree with the situation, but you've got the status quo, you've got the situation as is right now. And so people aren't shooting at each other and fighting. And so it just it just is what it is. And right. it what it's it um one of the guys here at church he the way he kind of explained it too that made sense is he said you remember was it Chaz out in out west in Oregon, the where a bunch of those hipsters communists went and took over that part of Portland or Seattle was maybe it was Seattle. And they just kind of declared it the something uh, autonomous zone. I forgot. What, I forgot what it was. I, I don't know. It was a big thing a couple years ago in the news. But it was. It was just. It was one of those things where they went and they took over this area, declared it this autonomous zone. Obviously, our government didn't agree with it, but they also didn't want to just go in there and kill all of them. And so it was. It was just kind of a waiting game, and eventually it all fell apart. And but in what's going on over in Israel, I mean, some of these standoffs have been going on for hundreds of years, and they're not going anywhere without a lot of blood being shed. And so it, it's it's a fascinating thing. I just I think the area is interesting. I think the politics of it is all interesting, and it is it is a fun thing to watch. I'm interested in the locations, and I just I can't wait to see the documentary again, just to be able to watch the locations. And I I encourage folks, I said, if you want, if you could donate to the project, I've got a link in the description um, of the video and, you know, be a part of it. It's going to, it's going to be good for sure. I I know the content's going to be good. The shots are going to look great. And uh, just, and just pray that the Lord can, you know, find a way we can really get it out there in a big way. So it can have an impact on a lot of people. And uh, hopefully it will, uh, some of the things that will help people doctrinally too.
1: And I think this movie won't get, you know, banned on a lot of platforms. So I think this will be, has a potential to reach a really large audience with a, you know, great message, a true message. And uh, so I think it's uh, going to be very unique kind of film, um, something a little different than what I've made in the past.
0: Yep. Yeah, no, I agree. And there, there's a lot of stuff out there covering some of the same stuff that's, you know, it's not been taken down. It's got yeah. quite a few views. And so uh, whether it be too controversial to go mainstream, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's, yeah. it's, re- it's really hard to say, but uh, I'm really praying the Lord will use it in a big way. But anyway, well, I appreciate you joining me for this conversation. Again, this is a subject that I am fascinated with. I'm very interested in and, um, not, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but it is something I enjoy looking into. I do hope to do uh, some more videos in the future about some of the other places and locations. It's really interesting. And it just, um, it as Americans, I don't think we realize just how different some cultures are. And it really does help if you understand how they think where they're coming from and stuff, and yeah, not because we're looking to find a, a find agreement, you know. Obviously, we're not going to agree, but I do want to understand uh, where they're coming from and what's going on. And so, as uh, I've looked into a lot of these things, it's really helped me. So when I was over in Israel, I didn't even know about the Christian quarters and Armenian quarters and all that. I remember seeing the signs for that, and I'm like, you know, what is this? What is this all about? And it's been real interesting to kind of understand. Bob Cornuke told us a lot about that stuff that's going on with the Church of the Holy Sepulchre that I thought right. was really interesting. And so it just sparked my interest and so I wanted to share this for anybody else out there who might be interested. And if you are, if you were interested in this subject, you will definitely be interested in the Temple documentary coming out for sure. You definitely want to see that. So anyway, thank you all for watching and we will see you all next
1: time. Thanks, guys.